If you're the kind of dad whose investment strategy is to buy boxes at the Super Bowl party and you get two sixes and two nines, then this is the podcast for you. We are bad to the dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. No, you're never going to win those Super Bowl boxes with sixes and nines. Believe me, I've tried. I've been there. Welcome to our season premiere for season number seven. We are calling this episode the Vince Lombardad Trophy. Why? Because we've got Brian Costello as our guest. He is the New York Jets beat writer for the New York Post. He also covers the NFL in general. He's actually going to be going out to LA to cover the Super Bowl between the Rams and Bengals, and we look forward to hearing his insights. Again, welcome to our season premiere for season number seven. My name is Adam D. Now it's my great pleasure and privilege to introduce my good friend and podcast partner, the man who got the wordle in his first try. His name is Coach Randy. Coach Randy, happy Season 7 premiere to you. Thank you, Adam D., and happy Season 7 premiere to you. We're calling this episode the Vince Lombardad Trophy. All about the football. All about football, because you know what today is? Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. This is our third Super Bowl that we're doing together for Bad to the Dead. You know that? The third. Wow. So we've been at this a long time. We've been at this for three years. Yeah. And we haven't beaten the crap out of each other yet. Not yet. Although there are times I think you might want to strangle me. Well, you know, we get, it's, it's so funny you say that. No, in all seriousness, <laughs> but not because there's only so much seriousness I can give you. Yes. I feel like, you know, we do a season. Yes. You know, after a long break, you know, usually take a two, two and a half month break, mm-hmm. which is what we did this past off season. And we miss it. Can't oh, wait to get can't back, wait to get back in here. Cannot yeah. get wait. We're back in the den right. today. Yeah, we probably talk more about the show in the off season and and get more listeners for that matter <laughs> than we do in, in in during the season. Yeah, I don't understand how that works. We're getting yeah. more downloads a week. I'll take it. I'll take it. People <laughs> are catching up. I think it's great. People are people are you know going back and reviewing thousands, the whole season. thousands like we're over yeah. a thousand and, a and week in more now. countries than we ever imagined. Um, I think we're now starting to hit Africa too. They have no idea what they're downloading, but yeah. Yeah, at least they're downloading. Yeah. And then we get into the season yeah. and we're enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And we do about 12 episodes a season. I think that's our cadence mm-hmm. now. You get to see yeah, episode 10, 11, 12. It's like, all right. All right. All right. Need that break. <laughs> but then you get in that break and you miss and the cycle starts Listen, all over again. It no, is, actually, we, we love producing every show. It, and we're glad you, the listeners, uh, come along for the ride and has uh, stuck with us for now seven seasons or what will about to be seven seasons. You know, we're grateful for our listeners. We have grown so much. We've got a lot of surprises, a lot of special oh, treats yeah. for season seven. Uh, we got today's guests. We got some great guests coming up in the, in the future weeks. And we're toying with some really neat ideas. Some really neat ideas that I think our listeners will actually be very excited because we're going to bring Bad to the Dad to the people. To the people. We're taking Bad to the Dad offline, off the podcast sphere, and into your neighborhoods. Absolutely. And we got to get this merch thing going. Yeah. You know, uh, people have been asking, you know, can I get the keychain? Yes, you can. Yes. Certainly, IMS, DMS, email us, contact us at badtothedad.com, and we'll make sure that you have access to that merch. And uh, the t-shirts will be launched, and, and check out our social media at Bad to the Dad. So you can see how to uh, to purchase some of those delightful products. And you, the listener, have stuck with us. You know who else has stuck with us as a sponsor? Uh, Becky Berman. 
Becky Berman of Berman Branding. Oh, I love how you did that segue. You haven't, you haven't lost a step, Adam D. Well, I was rehearsing it multiple times in the car, so <laughs> I would hit the mark when we finally brought it up. And, and Becky's been wonderful. She's been beautiful. She's been terrific as far as a supportive force mm-hmm. for our podcast right from episode one, which of course was called The Daddy Menace, mm-hmm. Chris Diaz. So mm-hmm. go back if you haven't listened to that, and you'll hear how far we've come. Yes. <laughs> we thought we were good back then. <laughs> Becky <We're>... Berman. <laughs> For all your graphic design, marketing, web design needs, if you need a marketing business plan, Becky is the source. It's not just about artwork. It's not just about having the right you know, web uh, URL. It's about your whole plan, taking it offline, bringing it online. Everything's integrated, right? So she has expertise in that, and she has helped us out immensely. And how about our Season 7 logo? How genius was that? Oh, with the card. That's a card. Seven of spades. Lucky seven. Yeah. Lucky seven. Now that would look great on a hat. That would look awesome on a hat yeah. or a t-shirt. It's very Von Dutch. Well, it is. And I also, you know, she has it around with the, like the, the, like the, the, the bullhorn oh, fingers. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's very clever. I, I thought she would put metal the, health will drive well, I, you I mad. would have thought she would put the middle finger up to be a little yeah. more clever, but yeah. she went with the, the bullhorn. Well, that's the 11 o'clock show. Right? <laughs> right now we're doing the nine o'clock show. So, so, and we'd like to welcome our newest sponsor. And that is the Stan K team of Compass Real Estate. Looking to move to the North Jersey area because you want to be close, commuting distance to New York City? You have to call the Stan K team at Compass Real Estate based in Short Hills, New Jersey. Maybe you're coming in from the five boroughs and want to live in North Jersey near a good school system. Perhaps Hoboken, Jersey City, Long Island. Anywhere in the U.S., if you're thinking about living in North Jersey near the good school systems, perhaps it's Morris County, maybe it's Essex County, maybe it's Union County, it's the Compass Real Estate team, Stan K team specifically. You're going to want to get in touch with our good friend, Idan Karen. And his number, 516-730-4726. I'm going to repeat that because he probably didn't have a pen handy. But hold on, let me get my pen and begin. 516-730-4726. Or you can email Idan, whose email is actually ethan.karen at compass.com. And that's Ethan. Dot Karen, spelled K-E-R-E-N, at compass.com. Again, it's the Stan K team of Compass Real, Real Estate in Short Hills, New Jersey, moving to the North Jersey area because you want to be close to New York, you want to be near a good school system. Idan is the man you want to call. Thank you so much to the Stan K team of Compass Realty. And Adam, do you, who doesn't want to be close to Northern New Jersey? Who well, does, I mean, the closer you are to Northern New, Jer- New Jersey, the exactly. closer you are. To Adam D. and Coach Randy. That, and that's the best part about Northern New Jersey. Not the sandwiches, not the hoagies, not the pork roll, not the not the, not that whole stuff. It's all about Coach Randy, Adam D. Coach Randy, yep. and Adam. It's all, yep. about, all about proximity. Yes. So we said this is our first episode back from a long off-season. I had a very interesting off-season. I'm going to tell you, least. Adam D., there's so much we could talk about. Uh, so much, but there is this one thing that we have to talk about that is, the, I think, the pinnacle of experiences that anybody could have of potential fear and and, 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 and and scariness is what happened to you. Uh, to our listeners out there, uh, I'm going to let Adam D. tell the, tell the story because it's a remarkable story. Adam's D., I'm going to give you the end result. Everybody's fine, but Adam, Adam D. was driving and his car caught on fire. Yeah. All right? So I gave you the end because I need you to understand the end is a positive story. It's a positive ending, but Adam D., what a story that was. So you know I've been kind of mixing my time between home and work. Right, well, going, yes. going into the Correct. office, right, right. as far as uh, my, my work schedule goes. So one day in January, it was just after New Year's, I decided to go down to my office in Homedale, New Jersey. So for those of you who need a point of reference, 
This is in Monmouth County where the Jersey Shore starts. It's where the PNC Bank Arts Center and Outdoor Amphitheater is. Uh, that's the town. It's a you know, fairly uh, affluent, uh, semi-rural town. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy my drives to work because, again, it, it changes scenery. Well, you also get a chance to listen to Bad to the Dad or podcast. Bad to the Dad, you know, <laughs> review and uh, see what we might do differently. And this was the coldest day in January, like single digits, right? And I'm thinking, you know, I'll be in my car, I'll put it up nice and toasty, and uh, I won't even bother with the hat and the gloves. But Why I'll, would I'll you bother? Best. Yeah, because I have a very reliable 2012 Nissan Ultima <laughs> with 105,000 miles on it, and it's never let me down because it's an Ultima. It's uh, built, built very well. And I like to... I'm not one of these people who gets a lease and then turns it in after three to five years. Like I like to, to run my cars into the ground, yeah. you know, get good value out of it. Yeah. And it's interesting because I had just serviced it the week before with the oil change, got a new tire. Month before that, there was a recall with the gas tank. They fixed that. And the car was almost like brand new. Like spit new. Yeah. It's like plastic surgery for a car, <laughs> you know, when you change out the guts. But in any event, so it's a cold day. Car's driving down the parkway. Fine as can be. I've got my tunes and doing my phone calls. I finally get off the parkway. I'm at the light. The car stalls. Mm. I don't think anything of it. Why would you? It's a cold day. It's a cold day. Maybe I just didn't let Put it enough run. gas in it. Yeah, well, I had, had <laughs> plenty of gas. Believe me. <laughs> because as this as this bonfire story will tell you, there was there was plenty of fuel for the fire. Oh, um, so I, again, didn't think anything of it. Hit the button because it's a button. It's not about turning a key in. Yeah, that's Hit right. The button. I, yeah. It turns over. It's good. All right. I'm back in action. I make the right turn onto a main road called uh, Middletown Road, and the car starts slipping, and it starts racing, and I can't go any more than 40 miles an hour. Next comes the smoke. Uh-oh. All right. I've seen cars smoke before. <laughs> Not a big deal. Was, was it a cigarette with a cigar? I mean, what kind of smoke? It was, you know, the light, wispy white smoke. Okay? <laughs> but then I start seeing a whole burn on the driver's side hood. I'm like, that's not good. I think it's time to get out of this car. Then black smoke follows the wispy smoke. I said, okay, this is not just a job for AAA. This is going to be a 911 call. So I scramble. I get all my stuff out. What's the first thing you, what's the first thing you go for? I uh, went for the computer bag. Okay, good. You got a computer right, bag. Got my computer bag. Um, but that was it because this you didn't have smoke, time. I did, the smoke is really starting to, to pick up. Um, and as I got my bag uh-huh. and I ran 50 yards away from this sucker uh-huh. and start seeing the smoke billow a little bit more, now it's flames. Now it's, now it's a kiss concert. <laughs> now the car is torching up. I'm starting to think about what I left in the car. <laughs> yes. What'd you leave? So there was some flip charts from a focus group I did. Uh-huh. All right. We can, we, we can live without that, yeah. My easy pass was in there for some of you living in other parts of the country. That's our toll tag yeah. in the Northeast, mm-hmm. okay? The one thing I left there that um, I regret not going for, mm-hmm. there is a, a yarmulke in my glove compartment <laughs> oh, no. that is perfect for my head yeah. for a couple reasons. Number mm-hmm. one, it's um, like a, a woven yarmulke. It's not mm-hmm. like one of those satin yarmulkes you get mm-hmm. at the funeral homes. Yes, it's woven, so yeah. it sticks to the Jufro yeah, yeah. without a clip, yeah, so which is what I have. Yeah. And it covered my male pattern baldness perfectly. So you can see it the whole... Uh, so when I go to a synagogue, yeah. I no wear that. Knows. Nobody thinks I'm bald. Oh, Matter of fact, there were times I was thinking of becoming orthodox just, just to so wear, wear it so I could yes. cover. Yeah. my, You know, because you know how vain I am. Uh, well, yes. You're, That's you're... what I was thinking of as my car bursts into flames. So now I call 911. 
So now you call 911. Yes. After, after thinking about all of this and just making sure I got everything out, I never thought I was in danger, right? As soon as I started seeing the warning signs, yeah. first the wispy smoke, I'm like, maybe I'll stay in here, it's warm. Then once you start seeing black smoke... It's the black smoke that gives away. It's, it's time to get the hell or out the of black it. smoke. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad I didn't give it another five minutes because I would have been extra crispy. Oh my gosh. Um, did you hear a boom? Was there a boom at all? Or did yeah, you, you hear you know cracks, pops, you hear big thuds, which are small booms, and that's the tires going. Oh, wow. Right? It's all that, the heat. Pressure. Yeah, knocking up against all that, that air but it was But it wasn't like the, uh, uh, like a, a, one of those uh, Hollywood movies where you go, boom, and everything goes up in the air. So it's funny. I actually have a bit about this. Yeah. I don't know how these action stars do it. You mm -hmm. ever see these action stars that are in a car accident or mm -hmm. they're driving with their car on fire? <laughs> like, they're in a high-speed chase, mm -hmm. and there's a helicopter above them mm -hmm. firing rockets yeah. at them. And he got seven assassins on motorcycles uh -huh. shooting at them. I'm feeling it. They blow up the car. The car rolls down a, a mountain like 12 times, bursts into flames. Oh, Tom Cruise just sort of squirts himself out of the <laughs> driver's side window. Yeah. And he limps off uh -huh. out into the sunset mm -hmm. to try to kill more bad guys. Yeah. Here's me. Yeah. When I get a flat tire about a block away from my house. <laughs> Where's AAA? <laughs> Come on. I called yeah, you, said you were going to be here a half hour ago. Yeah, well, I got a tire. I got to get the Whole Foods. I uh, know. So. Whole Foods. You know, I got to get something organic. And now with AAA, I can't do it because you're not coming here. And I can't I can't change this tire. You know why I can't change this tire? I can change a tire. Yeah. But the problem is the tire is in this trunk and it's locked away with a special locking grid. And then, and, you, and then you keep the jack. The jack's yeah. not like a real jack. It's like no, this mini jack. It's a mini jack. And then, of course, you try to do the lug nuts. And you got to jump on top of the bar. I can't do it. Triple <laughs> A, I need you. Or you do what I did, and you start doing it. And you uh, you you tear oh, a rotator you tear cup. You rotator cup. See, <laughs> men like us are not meant to do simple tasks like change a tire on an Oldsmobile so like yeah. back in the day. But this was not a triple A moment. This was not. But yeah, triple A. <laughs> this was beyond triple A. This was Homedale Fire and Police. Yeah, yeah. I got to tell you, Homedale Fire and Police. I salute you. It's a volunteer fire department. Yeah. But they came as quick as they could, given the fact that they were volunteer. It took a long time to put this bad boy out. Wow. It probably took about a wow. half an hour. Um, and it's a sedan. It's This is not like a, a Ford F-150. <clears throat> F no, um, it is. Uh, I'm just glad that you're safe. Well, look, and I and I was kept warm. I said to the cop who was kind of taking care what of me, crazy why don't story. we go warm our hands and get some, <laughs> some, some marshmallows. Make some s'mores. And then once the fire department finally put out the car, yeah. I took my key fob and went, I said you can never be too safe. Yeah, that's great. Especially when you have your favorite yarmulke in the glass. Oh, my gosh. Adam, do you, I'm so glad that you're here. You're safe. Got a new um, car. And I mean, there's so much we could talk about, but that just has to be the uh, the lead story. Well, for I have to say, that season. was the, the highlight material-wise of the last, what, two and a half months no, since I mean, we've taken uh, off? We've had, you know, great, uh, our families are great, our families are healthy, yeah. uh, our wives are good, our, our, we're excited to have season seven. Uh, I just can't fathom. I remember when Jess sent me the pictures and the first thing I thought was, oh my God, you know, obviously is Adam D. Okay? Should I post those pictures on, <clears throat> I, I, on social media? I think we, I think there's our listeners have to see this and understand just the significance of what what it was like. It's not like you just kind of go through. It's the stuff you see down as you're driving. Like, was that a car? Well, I was going to say when you see a flaming <clears throat> car, you're like, that's another person's. You know, problem. that'll there, never happen to there, me. There, there, there's certain things that like that's not going to happen to me. But uh, I, I I called up Jazz. You know, obviously Michelle, you, and of course you because your personality is like eh, it's another day in the office. Just you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's another yeah, car fire between. It's friends. a car fire. I mean, it's it's my first, but no, it's okay. It was a good first one. Yeah, better than a dumpster fire. Better, so I heard. Than a dumpster fire, but I know that uh, your family's doing well. We got stories about our kids, but uh, I think uh, as far as other stories with our family, I think I have to wait 
because we have a special guest today. We do. We've got Brian Costello yes. from the New York Post. This is a, a very special guest because he covers the Jets. And you have to be a very special person to cover my beloved mm-hmm. New York Jets. Yes. You have to have a lot of patience. You kind of know how the story that you're writing is going to end with the Jets. But uh, he does a phenomenal job. And he's actually uh, out in L.A. Today. this weekend. This day. Today. Yep. Yep. Super Bowl Sunday covering the Jets-Bengals game. That's Brian Costello from the New York Post right here on Bad to the Dead. We are bad to the dead with Coach Randy and Adam D. You want to get social with us? I'd love to get social with we'll us. We'll do it on social media. We've I got love a huge social, social media. media presence. We do? And that's how people have been interacting with us, especially Fantastic. about our first guest for season number seven. Our social media handle for most platforms is at bad to the dad. Of course, we've got a website too, because you still have to have one of those. I know it's so 2002, but websites still exist. And our website is badtothedad.com. If you want to interact with us, you can certainly do that on social media, but you can also do that over email. Contact us at badtothedad.com. You have a guest idea, you have a question for our guests, you have a question for our hosts. Contact us at badtothedad.com is the email. Coach, the, this episode is going to drop on Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl. It's not, it's not going to drop. It is dropping. It is dropping. It's dropping. Usually I hear that when I'm running under pigeons. We, we're already there. People, our listeners are listening right now. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Awesome. So we've got a lot to unpack with our guest in our season seven premiere. That is Brian Costello. He is the Jets beat writer for the New York Post. Brian, it is awesome to have you on Bad to the Dad. Thanks so much for making the time. No problem. Thanks for having me. So like I said, uh, it's an NFL theme season premiere for Bad to the Dad. And you've been a busy guy. The NFL has been busy. Lots of headlines. Before we talk about the Jets and the Super Bowl, let's talk about some of the headlines that have unfolded in the NFL. And let's start with, with Tom Brady's retirement. In your opinion, his retirement is at the end of a colossal era of football. Yeah, I mean, 20 years, it's been an amazing run. And I've been fortunate to cover a lot of Tom Brady's games, not only against the Jets, but I do cover the playoffs as well. So I've covered a lot of playoff games. I covered uh, three of his Super Bowls, I guess. I was not around. I was not uh, around for the first three. I I did not cover last year because of COVID, but I did cover his win over the Seahawks. And then I covered his win over the Falcons, the comeback and the win over the Rams. So I've seen a lot of his greatest games. Um, I saw him beat the chiefs in the championship game in 2019, which were one of the best games I ever covered. Just unbelievable to watch. And I got to see his last great comeback <laughs> where he, where he broke the jets hearts at the end of December, which was just a fitting end. And, you know, when Brady was playing that game was perfect because it was like, okay, you knew when he got the ball back, this was not good for the Jets and he was going to march down. So, yeah, it's a, it's, you know, a huge, huge, huge story and a huge closure on, on, on a great career. And, and like you said, narrow football really is over. Yeah. So the uniform changes, but the result seems to stay the same. Brian, when I think about comparing sports, I remember when that whole era of Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewing, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, that ended. And then it was time for kind of Kobe and LeBron and, 
uh, I guess Shaq to some degree and, and a few other pros with Tom Brady leaving, um, you know, he follows, of course, Drew Brees and Peyton Manning and that generation of great NFL quarterbacks. Do you feel the NFL is in a position to start a new generation with a new group of quarterbacks? Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the one hanging around, I guess, but we still don't know what he's doing, but yeah, I mean, clearly what we've seen in the last few years and this year, especially in the playoffs with uh, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow is now in that group, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert hasn't been to the playoffs yet, but he certainly looks like he'll get there. Mm -hmm. Sean Watson is kind of in a suspended state right now, but like (laughs) he was on his way to doing that before he got, uh, you know, his career got derailed. But if he comes back at some point, I would put him in that group too, as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, You know, and then we'll see if the young, the guys who were rookies last year can join that as they go forward, whether it's Zach Wilson with the Jets or Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones or Justin Fields, Trey Lance, so, you know, they, there's, there's potential for a lot of good young quarterbacks in this league for a while. You know, Brian, I have to ask, I know you cover the Jets, but if I'm correct, you're also a Jets fan. No, you're not correct. <laughs> not correct. You're not a Jets fan. No, you can't be a fan when you're a journalist. Like You're just a football fan. Yeah, I'm a football fan. I, you know, I root for myself. Okay, good. So I'm going to root for you. I'm root so, for you. He's so calm. You can't be a Jets fan well, and be as calm the, as Brian No, Costello. no, because this was the, the point of my question. I was going to talk about if you are a Jets fan, that's got to be so painful as yeah. a reporter because I got to tell you, my friend Adam D, Jets fan, and I watch him every year come out the gates thinking this is their year. <laughs> and well, every year I, I doubt he's thought that very much recently but well uh, and so <laughs> i then i don't have to ask you but now you cover the jets which first of all how does one cover the jets how does how did you did you like how did you get that job <laughs> so i went to school for it um i went to penn state university uh and i majored in journalism and i was i worked for the paper there i had internships um when i came out of college i covered james madison university for a while I bounced around to some different papers in Jersey. I worked for something called New York Post Sports Week for a short while, which was a magazine that they did. And then I got hired by the Post full-time in 2004. I went back there. I did baseball. Um, I, I did a little bit of everything. I, if, if you remember the steroid era in baseball, I was our main reporter. Remember, remember, they just stopped testing players this yeah. week after 20 years. That's how much I pay attention to the news. Yeah, the labor dispute, but I was there. I was in the room in Congress when Mark McGuire couldn't remember the past. I was there. I covered, I covered a lot <laughs> of that. Sosa couldn't speak English. Yep. I covered All a lot of bonds games through those years. I covered the, um, I did three Olympics. I covered the Yankees for a while. Uh, and then in 2011, I took over the Jets beat at the post. And if you give Adam, you'll, you'll be able to do the math here. The Jets went to championship games in 2009. Mm-hmm. They went to the championship game in 2010. And my Sanchez. boss, you're taking, off a, taking over a great beat. This team's going to be good for a long time. Rex Ryan, Mark Sanchez, you're going to have a lot of good stuff to write about. I haven't covered one playoff game as a Jets beat writer. <laughs> so, you didn't so, cover yeah, the so butt fumble. I was going to say, I was, I'm thinking Sanchez, butt fumble. I mean, I, what, a, what a terrible thing that's remembered by yeah. uh, as your legacy in football. Uh, and I was there for that too. I, I always joke. I'm like, I've covered three Olympics. I've covered 10 Super Bowls. I've covered world series. And people will ask me about the buff fumble more than anything. Um, but Mark is really, Mark, I had a good relationship with Mark and Mark is very, Mark can laugh about the butt fumble and he'll joke about it. The guy I really feel bad for is the butt in the butt fumble is Brandon Moore, who was a great, a great player. He was a really good guard in this league for a long time. 
and that's all he's remembered for. Yeah. And it's not fair because right, it wasn't his fault. But he so and Brandon's a really good guy, was a really good player, and and I, I feel bad for him. But Mark Mark handles it very well and, and can joke about it. So so Brian, I guess that means that in your job, you get a chance to meet a lot of these athletes. Yeah, I mean, in normal times, <laughs> before 2020, oh, I, was gotcha. I was in the locker room every you know every day during the week, uh, Wednesday through Friday, we'd be in the locker room. So you get to know the players. Uh, and then obviously, you know, after games, you're in the locker room. It's been different for the last two years. There have been a lot of more Zoom interviews. Um, you know, at the Super Bowl, we are going to be allowed to talk to players in person. We're not going to be in the locker room, but there's going to be a setup where we can talk to them in person, which will be good. And we had that a little bit this year. In 2021, we did more of that than Zoom. Toward the end of 2021, we had to do more Zooms again when Omicron came, popped up. But yeah, you get to know them, um, especially, you know, the tough part with the Jets is guys recently haven't been around very long. So you don't get to know them that well. Like back when I first started covering the team, guys were here for a while and you got to know them. But yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting part of the job. And, you know, um, it's like any part, any office in the world, there's some really good guys and some really bad guys and a lot of people in between <laughs> in, in NFL locker rooms. I'll bet. Now, Brian, are you going to the Super Bowl? I am going to the Super Bowl. Uh, so I'll be back. You know, I, I missed last year. I've been every, I've been to everyone. I went to 2000, the 2008 Super Bowl. And then I was at everyone from 2011 on to last year. Um, and then, yeah, so I'll be, I'll be going to LA. Uh, you know, I'll be in LA when this, when this podcast comes out. I, I heard that Los Angeles is going, going bananas right now. It's it's all over the place. I was listening to uh, XM radio. They got stuff at the convention center. Uh, they're really hoping that, you know, LA is an interesting town. There's a lot of competition there for, for, uh, for people's dollars. What do you expect? I mean, take us inside uh, as a beat reporter. What is it that you do when you, when you go to the Super Bowl? Yeah. Well, I mean, the Super Bowl takes over towns. And it's going to be interesting to see Los Angeles. The only place it didn't really take over was here, was New York. When the, that Super Bowl was here, there was just too much other stuff. But, like, I've been to Super Bowl, like, in Indianapolis, where it just choked the city. By the end of the week, you couldn't get a cab. You couldn't get in a restaurant. Like, Los Angeles should be able to handle it better. But as a beat writer, so the way we divide it at the post, we'll have four people there covering the game. Um, you know, for during the week, like, during the next few days, I'll be covering the Bengals because I'm – and the Jets AFC, our Giants reporter, Paul Schwartz, will be covering the other team. We have a bunch of other people bouncing in and out. So I'll, I, uh, on Friday, they're having in-person interviews. So I'll be there uh, at UCLA with the Bengals. Uh, and I'll be writing a ton of stories <laughs> for Sunday. And, you know, I joke to my friends, like, you, there's a lot of hype for the Super Bowl, right? Well, that's my job. It's Just a little bit. Yeah, then my job is to write the hype. So the Super Bowl week can be kind of a grind and kind of annoying. And then, but the game is, is a privilege to cover. And it's something, you know, as a kid, I watched every Super Bowl. You know, I can remember taping the Super Bowl with a tape recorder, you know, with audio, <laughs> just audio. I can remember Super Bowl. You're aging yourself. You're aging yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, so I try to remind myself of that when I'm at the Super Bowl is like what a privilege it is. And I'm there for free. I always joke to my kids because you see these stories this week of like, you know, so average Super Bowl ticket is $10,500. And, I get to go for free and they give me free food. <laughs> so, it's, and so it's amazing when you sit there and think about it, but then we'll write a whole ton of stories off the game between the four of us. Um, and the post will have, you know, full coverage on Sunday night after the game and into Monday morning. So Brian, Super Bowl has a lot of storylines. You've got Matt Staff, Matthew Stafford floundering in Detroit for many, many years. Forget about trying to make the playoffs. 
that team was trying to get like one win for so many seasons, and now he's on a Super Bowl team. And on the other side, you got these young punk upstarts. You've got uh, Joe Burrow, who's uh, a bit of a fashion plate himself, but kind of an exciting young player going to the Super Bowl in only his second year, right? And uh, all of these, you know, young and exciting wide receivers. What are you most excited about to see in this particular Super Bowl? Hi, Burrow. Um, you know, I like watching the quarterbacks, and he's been he's been exciting to watch through the playoffs. Uh, you know, just doing this in his second year is amazing. Um, you know, as as covering the Jets, I've seen a lot of young quarterbacks come up and not do so well. And you know, it, I know how difficult it is to, for these guys to succeed, and to see him doing this in his second year. And you know, when he played the Titans, he was sacked nine times. So, like, to the odds of winning a game when you're sacked nine times have to be astronomical. Uh, it just shows how talented he is and the connection between him and Jamar Chase is special. So I, I, that's probably what I'm most interested in watching. So I'd imagine you I mean, who are you most excited to would talk to? Who, I'm, I, who was I what? Who are you most excited to talk to an interview when you get out there? Hmm, that's a tough one. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I'll probably be doing the Bengals. Jamar Chase is an interesting one. Um, you know, just such a great rookie year, and he seems like he has a lot of personality. Um, kicker has been interesting, Evan McPherson. Like, you know, kickers aren't always the guys you, you talk about, but he's been money in the playoffs for them. So I'd be interested to hear from him. Um, but, you, you know, they, they, it's, the Bengals are kind of an interesting team just in general, just as a team, as a whole. Uh, doing what they've done, going from two wins to four wins to the Super Bowl is pretty incredible. Awesome. Let, let's talk about uh, the team that you cover, a team that seems to be uh, a few bridges away from the Super Bowl and seems to be in constant rebuild, and that's the Jets. I love that. I love how you put that. A few bridges. Yeah, not just one bridge. Are we talking like the bridge tunnel from like... Uh, well, we're talking about, you know, the Verrazano. We referenced the Verrazano as being a very big bridge. It's very, very hard big to bridge. Clean. I was thinking about the bridge tunnel that takes you from Delaware into... Oh, you're talking about the Chesapeake Bay The Bridge? Chesapeake Bay yes. Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Bridge the Jets certainly have their above ground and underground challenges. But um, we have a listener who supplied some questions. Wow. I think that we're all... And, and Brian, I'm letting you know, the passion in which he asked these questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's... I think he's got 15 well, different questions. Uh, he, we're, we're, we're limiting them to a couple. He, so. asked, he asked four. I'm going to combine one, and it's really about the draft. So... Okay. Uh, your, your opinion. So granted, the Jets don't do any trading up or trading at all of their draft picks. You know, they have two within the first 10. Yeah. So are they going safety wide receiver, safety center? Uh, are you at liberty to give give us any buzz that you're hearing? Yeah. I mean, I was at the senior bowl last week in Mobile. So I was talking to some people and it's so early right now. I mean, the Jets even haven't even had their meetings yet. Right. And the coaching. So the scouts in the front office people, they look at they look at college players for the season. Robert Sala hasn't looked at a college player yet, right? Mm -hmm. Until the senior bowl, he saw the guy. So they'll they'll actually dig in here. They got they'll go to dig into free agency first, then they'll do the draft meeting. So they won't really know, you know, anything until April, probably. But to me, you go, you know, safety is a, is the interesting question to me because do they take one that high? Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame is the guy people talk about. He's a very good player. Yeah, I think, you know, I think in Salah's defense, that's what you want. Um, I think safety is more important than cornerback. But at four, I have a feeling Joe Douglas will go offensive line. 
or pass rusher. I think, I think they want to build the team on the line of scrimmage. So I think that's what he'll do. Uh, and then with the second pick, then you start thinking about moving out to like wide receiver, maybe safety. Um, the thing about the Jets is they have a lot of needs. <laughs> so, so you can name a lot of positions. Um, the good news is like last year I said it was going to be a Noah's Ark off season for the Jets because they needed two of everything. This year I think uh-huh. – you see that? Wait, hold on. We went biblical. I we went biblical on that. Like I a, caught that. The two of everything. Yeah. Sorry. I was just, I, I don't usually get those. This year, I think they need one of everything. So I think they're down. I think they've gone from two of everything to one of, you know, and, you know, so they, there's so many holes that they can go a lot of different directions. But to me, if you pay attention to what Joe Douglas likes and says, and I think Sal's the same way, it's about the line of scrimmage. And if you look at San Francisco, where Sal came from, their defensive line, they kept taking defensive linemen after defensive linemen after defensive linemen until they had a great unit there. I think Sala would love to do that with the Jets. All right, and so this comes from our listener, and this is, and I quote, and the most important question, does Zach have what it takes to lead this franchise and be the savior we all hope he can be? Let me tack something on to that question. Can Zach be the next Joe Burrow? Yeah, I don't think he's Joe Burrow because uh, Joe Burrow to me is really amazing. And, you know, I, I don't think he's Joe Burrow. I think he has potential. You can see the potential there. Now, will he? Will that potential be realized? There's so many factors that go into this uh, from the guys around him to health to just the system. Um, you know, so if I had the answer to this question, I'd be able to, you know, bet a lot of money in Vegas because I'd be able to predict the future. But I, did, I liked what I saw from him this season at times and I thought he got better at the end of the year I thought his best game of the season was the Tampa Bay game which was the second to last game of the season I think the last game in Buffalo you sort of throw out because it was it was so cold up there that night and the Bills were playing for a division like the Jets had no chance in that game he played well against Tampa Bay um and I thought after he came back from the injury he he got better and better and you know what he can do is make just crazy plays off of his athletic ability. He needs to learn how to play quarterback. Mm. I think you want that versus the other way. Um, like Mac Jones, I think, was more NFL ready than Zach Wilson, right? And you saw that. I don't think Mac Jones' upside is as high as Zach Wilson's because he's not going to be able to just learn how to make plays out of the pocket that and make crazy throws like Zach can. He knows how to do that. He does it naturally. He just needs to be coached up in how to play quarterback. All right. So I, I have some reason to believe then. Yeah. So you, there's, there's always hope. Reason That's to hope. Yeah. I'd say reason to hope. Maybe not believe yet, but reason to hope. Okay. There, there's, there's, no, with hope. there's no Joe Namath calling it as it is and saying we're going to win. Yeah. Right. I don't think we, we need that on this franchise. No one would believe it anyway. Yeah. So, you know, so Brett, I have, I have, I have two questions. One is, is about your job and what you do. Um, are you able to share, uh, you, you probably interact with a lot of readers or fans, or whatever they have their opinions and thoughts. Is there any kind of crazy story you might have having interacted with a, a reader or a fan who's got strong feelings about the Jets and either an argument or disagreement with whatever? Oh, well, you can check my Twitter. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I actually, guys, I had to turn the replies off on Twitter. To I don't see them unless I look for them specifically because, I don't know, a few years ago, I realized like it was like affecting my mental health because like these people just go crazy and I get in a bad mood. I'd be a bad mood around my family. 
and I'd be like taking it out on them. And I'm like, what am I doing? And then like you click on these people's profile and it's like, you know, uh, West Orange High School class of 24. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm arguing with a 16 year old here about the job. I'm like, just so stop. Pulled back in terms of my interaction on social media a little bit because it's just been too toxic. Um, I do get emails and I tend to respond to those a little bit more. They tend to be a little more civil than, than Twitter because they, you know, people's names are on them. But a cool thing I tried to do like during early stages of the pandemic when there was nothing going on, there was no sports, right? The only thing, the NFL was really the, the savior for sports fans in those early months because you had free agency, then you had the draft and that was all you could focus on. So if people would email me dur- during that time and they put their phone number in it, I'd call them and I just had to have a conversation with them. And some <laughs> of them were like guys who'd been fans since the Jets since 1960, you know, and they got a kick out of it, I think. And just, I would just talk to them for a half hour about the Jets. And it was like, you know, you had time then. It was, it was the, this was April of 2020. Um, I was writing draft stories, but there wasn't a whole lot else going on in my life. I was sitting here in my house and not afraid to, you know, we'd go for a walk every night and that was about it. So I would call them and that was cool interactions. And I liked, I liked doing that. I liked, you know, I think people got a kick out of it and they didn't expect it. And uh, so, so that was probably the coolest interaction I've had with fans. And the other one I give you is um, I joke with my kids because sometimes they'll see like people will know who I am or whatever, you know, Jets fans and all that. Like, oh, you're a celebrity. And I'm like, I'm a celebrity with a very small group of crazy <laughs> Jets fans. Like, Cause only the really, really passionate Jets fans know who the beat writers are. Uh, casual Jets fans don't know who we are. But w- if I go on the road, um, when I go, I, tra- you know, I travel all the Jets games and a lot of times Jets fans will, will travel. And at the gate on Monday morning, when I come down, I always get like, you know, there's always tons of people waiting there. <laughs> they're pumping me about the game and just they're usually, usually miserable. The Jets have usually lost and they're just like, you know, what? we got to fire the coach. They need to fire everybody. And so those are always fun to interactions because again, if you're going to travel to watch the Jets, you are a very, very passionate Jets fan and you probably know who the, who covers the team. That's, that's great. So we're going to talk about your kids in a second, but I, I, I got to go back to the Super Bowl for just what I think is the, I mean, forget, I, mean, I, I love the commercials. I think they're great, but what I'm really focused on is the halftime show. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, so the halftime show, you're going to be there, right? We'll be there. Yeah. We've got Eminem, yep. Snoop Dogg, Snoop. Yep. right? Dre, mm-hmm. Mary J. Blige. All right. What is the over-under? Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar, right? So what is the over-under on curse words and how much the media and the stations are going to bleep out of it? The NFL knows. They they get these guys, you know, past their prime. 20 years ago, they would have been swearing, right? Uh, Wait, no! No way! I'm sorry, Eminem. I think Eminem is good for at least one or two. We're going to hear a lot of of blank audio, I, I think. And I also think something's going to go down. So, I don't are we going to have a, violence? But are, I think something's going to break. Oh, wait, are we going to have some kind of equipment malfunction where Justin Timberlake reaches over and grabs off the the shirt of Janet Jackson? No, I am serious. I am. This would be the odds in Las Vegas take, for me. Take a bet. I think there's a prop bet about you know who's going to sing first, who's, who's going to curse yes, first, who's going to curse first. Who? What? What is Eminem's first song? I mean, I think kids today that are watching this are going to see their parents. Go effing bananas for the <laughs> halftime show. Super Bowl halftime. It's always uh, what they've what they've gone to after the Janet Jackson, Tim Justin Timberlake thing is 
artists who are past their prime, basically. You know, they're they're not they're not for kids; they're more for the grown-ups now. Um, but yeah, I think they'll be sufficiently cautious and cautioned by the NFL not to not to be too. And they'll, they'll probably they'll be on delay for the TV broadcast. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be on delay, and we're going to have nothing. But I think Eminem's going to. Are you going to see his mouth moving? Is he thirty seconds of just non non noise? He's just going to be dropping bombs. Yeah, the funny thing about being in the stadium for the halftime show is the halftime show is basically made for TV. Like, I don't get – you don't really get the full effect of the halftime show when you're there. Oh. They, they kind of do it, like, all the lighting and everything and the, the stuff they do in the stands, but they always have this, like, those sparklers and stuff in the stands. You don't get the full effect of it when you're there. The mu- You hear the music and everything, but um, I always think it's it's more of a spectacle when you watch it on TV than when you're actually when, – actually when you're watching it there. But, uh, yeah, I, I will be um, – I will be happy to see them. I, I saw Eminem – a long, long time ago. Uh, again, Randy, I'm dating myself, but I saw Eminem probably in 2000, something like that. Well, he was yeah, first that, breaking out. That's yeah. that's amazing. He doesn't do many live shows. He doesn't yeah, do many live shows. Um, and this is, again, dating myself. It would be at the old Meadowlands Arena. So. Huh, well, we know that one of the last times the Super Bowl was in Los Angeles, who was the uh, halftime show? Remember? What? I remember Michael Jackson was. That there. is it! Oh, Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. He pumped up in two different places, and that's when he was uh, – gyrating to that was kind of cool that was really kind of yeah. cool i i gotta tell you if i was you i'm all in on the halftime show I, I'm, and I, I'm, just, I, I'm a football fan but that's what i'm thinking yeah i like to try to give like the people working at the stadium i like to say like go go watch the halftime show because they're always working and like you know if you want to take my seat for the halftime show go ahead i've done that a few times because i feel bad for them that they're there and they they're they've, they're in the building but they don't really get to watch it and they have to be like you know doing the function during the game at halftime, maybe they can watch something. So I would yeah. try to do that again. All right. So you're a, a sports writer, travels a lot, certainly away on weekends, doing your things. Oh, and covering softball. Like, softball. Softball, softball in West Orange. So I was going to ask him. I'm sorry. I realize it's, you know, we've taken a little time off, but I, I still know how to do this, Coach. I'm sorry. I, I, I It's my bad. I'm a little rusty. That's okay. No, you're just a little randy. Ah! Get it? All right. And we don't have to subject Brian to this, but Brian, what we do want to ask is, what do you like to do with your family when you're when you have the time to spend with your family? <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, it's funny with my job, and I've told Randy this before. It's pretty much from the end of July until the Super Bowl. It's like a sprint, you know, and there's mm-hmm. not that much time to do it. But I love being involved with softball with my daughter Alexa, and I've done baseball with my son Matthew. I love being watching them play and coaching and helping them with the sports. Um, you know, we love, I love to go on vacations with them. Uh, we went to Hawaii last summer, which was awesome. And, uh, you know, really just kind of love just spending time with them when I can. And, uh, during the season, it can be tougher, but, um, you know, we're just about to hit the hit our stride now where this, after the Super Bowl, be able to do a lot more and, um, looking forward to the spring, spring season of softball and, my son is playing basketball right now, so watching that um, is a lot of fun too. So there's a there's a portion of our uh, our show, Brian, and cannot thank you enough for bringing us inside the world of the Super Bowl, as the Jets, and everything else. I've always admired. I always like that's like a really cool job, yeah. right? But then again, for you, it's just a job. But for, for I try to remind myself, it is a cool job. Like it beats digging ditches. And I mean, I, this, <laughs> the world needs dish diggers too, right? Remember, the world needs dish diggers too. What's what movie is that? 
I what movie is that? I don't know. Caddyshack. 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 I always thought it would become a golf club. So we should have that going for you. I try, I try not to complain much because people do not want to hear us complain. They, they, they yeah, to no. Learn. And like sometimes I kind of have fun on Twitter with it. Sometimes it drives people crazy. Like during the preseason, especially, I'll be like, oh, this is, I'll tweet like, this is torture watching this game. <laughs> what are you talking about? You have the greatest job in the world. Yeah. Shut up. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. I like, I like to just push their buttons a little bit with that stuff. You know, so so it really is cool, and I and I love our friendship. I'm so glad that we're here having you uh, kick off our season. That means the world to me, Brian. Uh, but there, we have something here on our, our podcast called Dadvice, where where a bunch of dads, our listeners, our our dads, suburban dad live, trying to figure out what it means to be a dad. What kind of advice do you have for dads that might be listening? That given the life you have, what you do, if you could offer your two cents on being a great dad, what would you share with our listeners? that's tough i think you know it's just spending as much time as you can with them and pouring yourself into to what they do and what their passions are and trying to help that along and you know i think if you can coach like i know you know randy and it's it's just a great way to connect with your kids and um i know it means a lot to my daughter to that i'm involved with her team right now and um, when I, when I was able to coach my son too, I think that's awesome. But I think it's just, um, you know, one thing you talk about my job and it's a, it's a cool job. Like I try to tell my kids like, right, like you can do anything, right. You can do anything. And, and they are a blank canvas right now and able to just go in any direction. And I try to encourage that because you, you know, Randy, you asked earlier, like, how do you get that job? And I get a lot of people like, how do you get that job? Well, I got that job because at some point, I realized the Jets weren't going to draft me, <laughs> right? And neither were any of the other teams in the NFL were going to draft me. And I realized I wasn't going to play professional baseball or professional basketball. And, you know, I love sports. I was a huge sports fan growing up. I loved it. And I could write a little bit. And so I kind of connected the two. And along the way, there were some people who like, were like, you know, you're crazy. Like, that's the one in a million shot. And um it's not the most lucrative profession there is in the world i know the people in college tell me like you're 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 just gonna set yourself up to not make any money and that stuff but i just followed my passion um and you know now i have a really cool job and there was times where i was covering wiffle ball tournaments in at smithfield and parsippany i covered a wiffle ball tournament wiffle mania i covered for the daily we've been talking about wiffle ball we've been talking about now that we have a reporter that can actually cover wiffle ball (laughs) we can actually make it happen because not anybody can cover wiffle ball i covered fencing at penn state i like it wasn't like all of a sudden i just covered the jets right like it was i covered a lot of high school sports i covered a lot of little league games that you know it's Try interviewing a twelve-year-old. <laughs> it's not the greatest experience in the world. So, like, so you I were digging to, the ditches of sports writing. Do whatever you, you know, like you can do whatever you want if you work hard enough. And I think you know that's what I tried to do is just work hard at it. And um, you know, there's a saying in my business that I go by: I can, I can write faster than than anyone who's better than me, and I can write better than anyone who's faster than me. And that's kind of what I try to do and just work at that. You know, so. Put that on our next bed to the dead too. There you go. And we'll even quote you on it. We're going to quote you on it. We're going to make a million dollars. We won't give you a penny of it. <laughs> Ryan Castillo. Yeah. Handles, handles. Huh? Oh, yeah. Let's let's hear about your social media handles so people can follow you on all your platforms, Brian. 
Twitter, after I said I don't really interact with people, but I do tweet out my articles and, and other witty observations is Brian Coz, B-R-I-A-N-C-O-Z. And then you can find my work at nypost.com or for you older folks, the newspaper, if you still know what that is. Still making those? <laughs> you know, they actually print those. Yeah, I, I still get it in my driveway every morning. So you can get it in West Orange and other places. Um, I still like to read the new, actual newspaper, but yeah, the, the, you know, the, the NY Post app is out there. We have a ton. We have something called Post Sports Plus now, where I'm writing for that, which is a subscription online. So yeah, we're trying to figure out how to uh, money on the internet, which is not, not an easy thing to do, but um, all that stuff is where you can find my work. That's awesome. Brian, enjoy the Super Bowl. Good luck next season. Have fun with it. We certainly had a lot of fun having you on Bad to the Dad. Thanks so much for making the time. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, Brian Costello, Jets beat writer, New York Post, at Brian Cos with a Z on Twitter if you want to follow him. We are Bad to the Dad. Download us wherever you find podcasts. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D, the podcast celebrating suburban dad life and dads everywhere on the planet. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Becky Berman and Berman Branding for the best in marketing, web design, marketing plan design, and graphic design. Remember, Becky and her awesome team at Berman Branding designed the original Bone Daddy logo and every Bone Daddy logo that came after it. Want to learn more about Berman Branding? Go to BermanBranding.com on the web or at Berman Branding on social media sites. We're also sponsored by the Stan K team at Compass Realty. If you're looking to move to the North Jersey area in commuting distance to New York City, you want to be in a good school system in North Jersey, maybe in the county of Union, Essex, or Morris, it's the Stan K team at Compass Realty. And you can contact our good friend Idan Karen at area code 516-730-4726. Again, 516-730-4726. Or you can email edon at ethan.karen at compass.com. That's ethan.karen, K-E-R-E-N, at compass.com. Coach, season seven, episode one. We're already off to a great start. Talking about the Super Bowl, which... I don't know. A lot of buzz about this Super Bowl. So I'm you know, thrilled that Brian Costello was able to make some time for us. It was great. He's a great person. And like I said, I think uh, I'm most excited for the halftime show. I'll just be honest. And uh, I know that uh, I'm going to see a little bit uh, to, to enjoy the, uh, the halftime show. Uh, and I look forward to doing it. Uh, and what are your thoughts about uh, today's big day? So football-wise, and I'm not an odds maker, I'm not Jimmy the Greek, but I'm feeling this is going to be a very high-scoring event. So if you're somebody who bets the over, bet bet the over, because I think it's something in the 40s, like 46 or 48 out. I have to look at what the new line is. But I think it's going to be like a, a shootout. I think it's going to be like a 37-34, you know, 35-31 kind of a deal. Um, you know, both both teams have the firepower. They've got uh, young, exciting wide receivers. Running games are okay. I think it comes down to 
just that that one kicker for the Rams and and that's their defense and they've always been playing relatively strong defense all year I don't know if that's what you were asking me about if you want me to ask how many times I think Snoop is going to reference weed then the over under there is probably four so go with the over on that that's right and if if the uh if there's odds on is Eminem going to do something that is going to be misogynistic or angry you're prob that's probably a sure bet too so go with that. <laughs> but Kendrick Lamar and Mary J. Blige, you I don't know. Yes, well, uh, it'll be a it'll be a fun time. Always looking forward to spending the feff uh, for Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, our egg flour our egg and then into the boil. I've already got my rubber gloves, Coach. There you go. It's all about the rubber gloves. Do you lease or uh, lease lease or own? Now I own rubber gloves. I used to lease with an option to buy, uh, but so I, I went all in on the investment. I thought it was a good yeah. investment. No, and it was nice that uh, Brian was able to talk about. The gratitude he has for being able to be there and get the free food and it's a bucket list item for me I, someday i will i will go to a super bowl but it was uh it was a great guest we're off to a great start season seven episode one we're gonna hit our hundredth uh at some point in the very near future uh and i think we have a special guest for next week next week we've got comedian and new dad as well as fellow podcast host scott brennan of verbal shenanigans and he's going to talk about the adventures and misadventures of being a comedian without a kid and now being a comedian with a 16 month old who's getting into a lot of fun trouble. And we'll also learn a little bit about verbal shenanigans. So that should be a lot of fun. And then, like you said, we've got the hundredth episode. Uh, I'm doing a posting on social media. So go to at bad to the dad on Instagram. Uh, I have asked, what should we do? How should we celebrate our 100th episode? We've already got a couple of responses that have come in. And that post should still be up for the rest of the day. So type in an answer. Uh, let us know how you think we should commemorate this milestone in bad to the dad history. That sounds pretty big, doesn't it, Coach? Bad Ooh. to the dad history. That sounds like uh, that's a Netflix special. Documentary. <laughs> Works for me. We are bad to the dad. Dads and listeners all around, have a great week. 